Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast podcast. By now, you know why I call it a belief cast. I'm very passionate about beliefs because belief dictates the way we behave. Um, I've had some amazing guests on so far, and today is no different. I have Clay Olson from Fight the New Drug. He is an amazing individual who's done a lot of good in this world, and he continues to do so. And I'm so excited for you guys to get to know him today. And so, good morning and welcome, Clay. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me. Glad uh, to be here. Absolutely. I know it's bright and early, so <laughs> thanks for getting here. No, absolutely. Appreciate it. How you doing? Very good. Yeah. Very good, yeah. I actually like getting up uh, early, so when I have an excuse to do so, it, it starts your day off right. Yeah, yeah. What a great day. What a great way to uh, kick off this week. Um, Clay Olson, like I said, he is the founder and president of Fight the New Drug. It's an organization that creates awareness around the issue of pornography. And um, he go, you know, not only does, it do, does he do that here in Utah, but he travels the country and outside the country. I've seen that as well. Um, I follow, I've been following you for a long time. Um, kind of a little backstory, you know, you and I met, I think when you first started this fight, the new drug, which was what, maybe, how long has that been? Well, yeah, so uh, we're coming up on our 10-year anniversary wow. next year. that is so cool. So we met, right? I remember I became one of your fighters. Uh, I was like, I think it was like, I don't know, a dollar a month or 10 bucks a month back then to be a fighter and to be a part of the cause. And anyway, it's it's amazing where it's uh, where it was and where it is now. It's quite It's been quite the growth. <laughs> yeah, it's been a journey for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks again for being on. And... Uh, you know, for our listeners, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, yourself, a little bit about your family, where you kind of grew up, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. I actually grew up um, in Logan, Utah, Cache Valley. Okay. So, um, I, you know, my parents still live in the same home that I really that uh, I grew up in, so, it, uh, and, you know, there was seven of us kids in the family, so I was kind of in the middle, I was number five, and so... Uh, you know, have a great, I, I had such a great growing up experience and uh, lived in such a, an incredible community up there. And uh, um, Did you have to fight for your food with that many kids? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, my wife always t- says that I eat really fast. <laughs> and and the re- I, have, I thought back as to why, and it was really because I wanted seconds. <laughs> and uh, if you wanted seconds, you had to be done quick in order to get, because otherwise it was gone. So uh, that was a little bit ingrained in me as a kid. <laughs> so you said you're number five? Number five, Okay. Yeah. And uh, so you grew up up there. How Did you go to high school up there too? I went to Logan High School, Logan high? yeah, okay. uh, class of 01. Right on. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, went to Utah State. Okay. Yeah. Great. What did you get? Uh, I studied uh, business, uh, marketing, okay. and entrepreneurship. Right on. Well, good deal. Well, tell us a little bit about. Uh, we're going to get into some some personal things if you're okay. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, growing up, you know what? You know, obviously, you're saying you had a really good, you know, childhood, and you got a great family, and you know, and that's apparent now, just kind of <clears> how you are today, even. But were there some things that, uh, you know? belief-wise maybe that you had about yourself as a kid that maybe caused some insecurities or anything like that 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 caused any type of that or yeah i mean i think everyone goes through that regardless of their upbringing sure of feelings of perhaps inadequacy or or um 
challenges uh, in during adolescence and whatnot. For me, um, you know, I always had this belief that I wasn't uh, smart enough. Mm. Uh, I had uh, I had friends that uh, were really intelligent and and had ambitions to go uh, study at, at really prominent universities. And I I honestly like it never crossed my mind to to think about going to some of these other uh, or, or or working toward that. For me, I was. Uh, I just didn't think that that was uh, something that was in the cards for me, or, oh. or, again, it just didn't even cross my mind. So I didn't think I was smart enough. <clears throat> I thought that school was a, a very distant uh, uh, priority for me. Uh, right. Social life was number one. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I, I put a lot of eggs in that basket. <laughs> sure. But uh, no, I, you know, I didn't. I didn't do terribly in school, but I did. Uh, I did. I did good, uh, right. above average, but uh, definitely not great. And so that that was something that stuck with me to to really kind of chase entrepreneurship uh, and and really kind of try to go out on my own and, and do something that I felt want, I wanted to make a difference with. Uh, sometimes that would creep back up for me to kind of say like, well, who do you think you are? Right. Yeah. Like who you, am I to do this? Yeah. You're not. You don't have any sort of you know, uh, upper level degree of PhD, you're, you're, you're not somebody important, important. And, uh, that was kind of, uh, obviously that's a, a fallacy. You don't have to have those things or be those things in order to do something that makes a difference in people's lives. And, um, but that, that would creep into my mind of like, right. you know, uh, quit kidding yourself and move <laughs> on. So, you know, everyone has their challenges and that for me, that was one of them. Right. Did you, where did you find yourself with that belief where, I mean, obviously you just kept pushing forward. You, you obviously went to school and you did well in school, like you said. Did As you were doing that and you're pushing forward, did that belief start to kind of go away as you try to realize, man, I really can do these things? Well, I, I think that uh, I, I live by, have lived by a mantra that is kind of, um, uh, fake it till you make it, right? And so, like, I kind of always felt like, uh, you know, just keep going, and um, and eventually, uh, you know, you'll either succeed or or you'll pivot. Right. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, I think there was a time where it, it, that it became more evident that hey, you know, it's it's kind of working. Um, and uh, but I still feel like, you know, I, I still feel like I'm I'm on that journey of like continuing to to try and uh prove that you know we can achieve and that we that uh, we can have impact and help people um this isn't you know not, nothing that i've done is necessarily for my own success or my own uh you know what can i achieve personally like right. for for notoriety and whatnot but like how much impact uh and how 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 much impact can i have during my you know, years here uh, in this life. Like, right. what can I do to make the biggest dent possible? Yeah. And uh, so I measure everything on kind of like where I feel my capacity is. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say, you've said this several times already, just in this short time we've been talking, that you, you want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. So wh where did that come from? I mean, you, know, you know what I mean? <clears throat> I think, you know, there's a, st a study that was done uh, with uh, uh, millennials and they 
Which I have to remind my staff that I am technically a millennial. I just <laughs> barely right. squeezed in there. Right. But the point is, because uh, they're much younger than I am. Um, but uh, you know, there was a study done that measured uh, kind of the the influences from millennials, and uh, they found that uh, millennials are more uh, motivated by social change and making a difference than they are a paycheck or money. Right. And I very much fit into that mold. I was as a kid, I wanted to do something big, not again, not necessarily uh, uh, for riches or for fame by any means, but mostly like, you know, what can I do to leave my mark? And I think that stemmed from, in fact, um, I remember in high school, this is a very vivid memory and I've, I've held on to it. In high school, uh, during homecoming week, uh, we would gather, we, we'd get an old beat up uh, car of, and we paint it the colors of the opposing school that we we're going to be playing that oh. Friday night for the football oh, game, yeah. right? Okay. So we we bring it up, uh, you know, uh-huh. in, onto the field, and we paint it, you know, spray paint it the colors of this uh, school that we we're going to be playing, and then we would take a bat. And this is an old beat up car with no windshields sure. or no, uh, but but we just take turns like in a line. Uh, swinging as hard as we could, kind of illustrating how we were going to defeat you know, right. the team later we're going that. to destroy you guys. Yes, right. <laughs> so I remember this, and this is my senior year, and this is, we did this every year, but on my senior year, um, I remember, uh, you know, it, it, there was more symbolism for me in that moment. Like, you know, I'm about to graduate. Uh, I'm about to kind of go off into the world, and... Um, yeah. And uh, what will my dent be? I, I remember hearing and reading about really influential figures in the world that, that uh, made a mark for good. And right. then others that made marks for, you know, not so good. Not so good, yeah. And I remember thinking, like, regardless of, of the size uh, of my mark, I wanted to make it a, a mark for good, a dent for good. And I remember sitting, waiting in line for this, for this opportunity to hit, the, hit this car, and the guy, kid in front of me was uh, 300 pounds he was the center for our uh for our football team and uh-huh. we called him tiny uh, ironically <laughs> but uh so he swung and made this enormous den you know he just you know shook everything around us and uh when it came my turn i was you know i was a pretty small kid mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> and i swung as hard as i could and it, and i don't really remember exactly uh, you know what happened. I think everyone was chanting my name, carrying me off on their shoulders or something like that. But uh, <laughs> right. no, but it, it's, it's foggy. I can't remember exactly. But point is that I swung as hard as I could, and, and I remember in that moment thinking, like, you know, I wanted to do something, as so many others feel. They want to, they want to do something with their life that they feel helps people. Right. Uh, you know, you fit that mold. Just you want to do something. You want to dedicate your time and energy. Mm-hmm. Whether it's during your career or throughout your career, or just in 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 the time of your life, uh, you know, out outside of office hours, that you can like really make right. a difference. And and so uh, I was seeking for that. I was looking for uh, opportunities. I started uh, on in college. I started a club with some buddies called uh, Edge, which was entrepreneurs dedicated to great endeavors. Super cheesy. I think my mom came up with that name. The point is that we wanted to like make a dent. We wanted to make a difference. And uh, I love it. And so, you know, I I was, I kept on like looking for, for ways. uh, uh, So it it was a very much a a focus of mine to, and it still is to this day. And um, I remember uh, watching a film in, uh, in college called uh, Amazing Grace. You seen that film? Yeah. And about William Wilberforce and, yeah. and the abolition of the slave trade. And mm-hmm. um, I saw that film 
and I remember racing to grab a notepad and paper so that I could take notes because what I was just it consumed me this this story of this man who took on uh, incredible odds to do something that he knew was right that had an impact uh, that that lasted uh, you know that that we feel today this, yeah this we're incredible. talking about it even today I, right yeah, and so you know. It was moments like that that just kind of took over my life that uh, I knew that I wanted to do something. I didn't know where or what or how, but I knew that uh, uh, whatever it was, I wanted to be an influence for good in people's lives. Yeah, I was at, uh, I went to, uh, um, on Saturday, I went to Eric Thomas. He's a motivational speaker. and He was talking about, you know, be, be, become a legend. And he referenced Mother Teresa. And they had this, uh, I don't know where the list came from, but it was like the top 50 people, the most influential people on this planet. And Mother Teresa is still 28, and she's not even here. Yeah. And talk about making an impact and a dent. I mean, and she's just known for being that person who just acts of kindness and helping others who are less fortunate and this and that. But it's just interesting how, you know, these little things, they seem so little, but yet the ripple effect can be... You know, even after you're gone, mm-hmm. you know, creating that you know legacy and that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's really cool. Well, let's uh, let's jump ahead. So you graduate from high school and tell kind of pick up from there. Where where'd you go, and what'd you do after high school? Well, so um, I left uh, immediately after high school, and I served an LDS mission and uh, okay. and came back, and that was that had a, a, a big uh, influence on my life of of uh, serving others uh, for, yeah. during that time and and helping. Uh, you know, focusing on other people's needs uh, well above your own, and uh, and coming back, I, I you know that that followed me into what I wanted to to achieve and continue, and um, so so started that club on campus, uh, and we would gather together with other <laughs> individuals that had you know desires and uh, to to do something big, and uh, and. Uh, you know, all, all of my passwords were centered around it. It was like think big or mm-hmm. or I- I- impact seeker or you know whatever <laughs> it was. It was yeah. it was just all, always centered around kind of like reminding. I had visual reminders everywhere to kind of like remind me to kind of like you know uh, what my real goals were, and that was right. to to make an impact. And uh, um, and so you know, I remember in one of these meetings with. Uh, um, with our, our core group of guys in that uh, club, uh, an individual said uh, that he wanted to uh, create a, a billboard uh, to educate young people on the harmful effects of pornography. And I thought, what in the world? <laughs> right. Like, how random? You know, we're talking about business <laughs> right. ideas. You know, we're talking about all these things, yeah. and he just, you know, throws that out there. And it was just kind of left field. And we were like, okay, dude. Awesome, <laughs> power to you, and uh, we we kind of moved on with the meeting. But on my way home from that meeting, it was like a, a, a lightning bolt hit me, mm-hmm. um, and and I knew that there was something that needed to be done in that area. Right, right. Um, years later, or sorry, years earlier, my uh, cousin had struggled with an addiction uh, to pornography that led him to actions. Uh, because he, he his his need for more more frequently in a more extreme version it led him to actions that took him to prison and that was a stick of dynamite in my own family and it was really tough wow, yeah and so i remember 
uh, asking him uh, not too uh, not too much earlier from that meeting. I said, you know, what led you to those actions? And he said it stemmed from his struggle with pornography. And that was, again, a, a shocker. So you know, these two experiences kind of close together. I thought. Know, what's going what is this and so I started to research it on campus with some friends and found uh, a, a, quite a bit of uh, you know scientific evidence as to the, to the potential risks of pornography and I thought you know both uh, you know not only to the individual but also relationships in society and I thought you know if people knew this I think a lot of people would make uh, other decisions or, or at least be more mm -hmm. conscious of their of the way that they consume or what they consume and uh, particularly young people as they're more vulnerable sure. and susceptible. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that, that took me on a path uh, of, of uh, wanting to, to see what that would look like, I guess. It was, it was something that nobody wanted to talk about, nobody wanted to touch. You yeah, because back a, when you're, you're, what you're talking about, no one was talking about it. You know, no, no. Yeah. If people were talking about <laughs> it, it was, it was either within certain academic circles right. or it was, you know, uh, in, in a very, oftentimes in a very shameful kind of finger wagging kind of a way yeah. from an adult figure right. uh, down to the youth. And so there was, n there was, you know, really nobody talking about it. Uh, and uh, very few people were talking about any sort of research. If it was, it was very right. much morally driven. It was very much religiously focused, which, uh, uh, you know, so if you didn't share those beliefs or, you know, if you didn't, uh, you know, subscribe to those belief systems, then it really didn't apply. Uh, yeah, right. To you, uh, so you know, we, I I saw this as an issue, and I thought, well, why aren't why don't we talk about it? And at that time, I had a creative agency, so my sure. my life was going to be, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I was a filmmaker at the time. I, you know, I'd been doing that for years. I I owned a creative agency, a marketing firm, and we had about twenty five employees. We were expanding into other states, uh, and uh, so that was my that was my world. And all of a sudden, this idea came up, and it derailed everything. And uh, <laughs> right. and you know, I started this little nonprofit, not knowing anything about nonprofits, yeah. uh, but thinking, okay, this will be nice. I can kind of help do, you know, make an impact here, and and I can make my money over here right, you know, with this right. other company. Yeah. Uh, but uh, obviously, fate had a different path, so I yeah. eventually left that organization sold out to my partners and I went full time with a nonprofit that I didn't know anything about or <laughs> by myself but in you a, knew in a closet. Yeah. But you knew this got your blood pumping, man. This, it did. Obviously yeah. you had this like it, man, this is something here. It defied logic in many ways. Like <laughs> I was leaving a company that was healthy and strong and growing and it had like a, a, a path to success financially speaking. Um, I was just barely married. It was seven months into my marriage. My <laughs> wife thought she had married this guy that was right. a creative, creative director kind of guy. And, and then all of a sudden I had this non-profit idea to educate young people on the harmful effects of pornography and I wanted to go there full time. And my wife was like, what? Let's think about this. <laughs> like, are you sure? <laughs> and I thought, you know, yeah. uh, I had some blinders on. I think she had a little bit more foresight, but like I had blinders on. I was like, like this is it. I got to do this. Like this is something that's, um, it's 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 challenging. It's it's a need, and uh, uh, you know, no one else is gonna do it. Yeah. And so why not? I love that. And you've probably heard this quote before, but there's a quote by Mark Twain where he says, "I'll probably butcher it a little bit," but he says, "The two most important days of your life are the day you were born, and then the day you found out why." It was almost like you found out this is why I'm here. Mm. This is this is it, and I'm gonna 
I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to create awareness around this because I've seen what it's done yeah. with that particular individual in our family. And I want to bring awareness. And what I loved what you said, and I want to get into here, you know, it's usually been, you know, pornography and this is usually morally based and this and that. But I love that you, especially your organization, talks more about the, the science and the facts yeah. and the research behind it. Like yeah. really just bringing that awareness or the truth, the actual truth about it. Yeah. And so I want to get into that here in a minute, but I thought that's pretty interesting. Well, yeah, I think, and that was key uh, because uh, I, I recognized and part of the passion behind it was that I realized that this was an issue that was, uh, you know, impacting my generation and let alone the generations to come right. uh, like no other time in human history. I mean, we were dealing with this challenge in, in such a unique way. Uh, not only was it more uh, available and prevalent than any time in history, by far, yeah. like it skyrocketed after the you know after the internet came around and then the ubiquity of the smartphone. You know, th this was something that that my generation was dealing with uh, that was you know unprecedented. And then not only that, but the nature of the content had evolved and shifted as well. It was no longer bare-chested women in cornfields. It was something right. much much more extreme. And it was, you know, warping our, our arousal and sexual templates. And, I, and, and, and this is something that as I researched this, I could kind of like start to see this and recognize it. So I knew that this was a massive issue that, that again, nobody wanted to talk about. Right. And uh, so I, I, I felt kind of this, almost this calling, yeah. uh, like you sure. mentioned, like to say, all right, all right, let me do this. Like, yeah. let's, let, let's try this. Let's see if this, let's <laughs> see if this works. And yeah. uh, the focus was, was only to raise awareness uh, so that individuals could make more educated decisions on the topic and, uh, and many would, you know, our, our goal wasn't and still isn't to shut down the porn industry. Uh, our, it wasn't to limit the supply um, and step on First Amendment rights. It was simply to raise awareness and decrease demand through education. Oh, I love that. So powerful. So. Um, your, your organization is called Fight the New Drug. Talk about how you came up with that name and, and why. Yeah, Fight the New Drug, you know, we were in college, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we were young and we uh, were looking for a name. I wanted a name that did not have the, the word pornography in it because I didn't want people searching our name <laughs> and stumbling upon something that the very thing we were trying to raise awareness That's a on. good move. Yeah, so we didn't want the word pornography. We, uh, we wanted it, uh, we, we liked the fact that it was kind of a call to action in the name. It was like, and then we liked the, the fact that it was, uh, it was intriguing and it was drawing attention to the fact that, you know, uh, pornography, you know, uh, things have shifted over the years, and the, you know, the challenge that we're dealing with, that we're facing now, is is relatively new historically speaking, and that the fact that uh, you know the more we understand about the neuroscience on the subject, mm -hmm. the more we understand that it is affecting us in very similar ways that other types of drugs are. And so, you know, there's uh, in years, you know, in hindsight, I, we probably would have uh, shifted the name a little bit uh, to be because our, our movement. Is far much more uh, fighting for real love, fighting for those that struggle, and mm -hmm. fighting for those that have been victimized. So it's a more positive campaign than it is a negative fighting against. The name um, kind of suggests you. like a, a, an against, um, but we we our messaging focuses far more on a fight for real connection and real love, 
and uh, and real relationships. And so, uh, you know, we we might have shifted the name a little bit, and, and yeah. we've we've considered that. But uh, it, when we started, that was the original intent behind it. Yeah, and if I remember, and I think you still do this today, that. You know, people can join the cause and become a, you call them a fighters, correct? You know, any, anybody that, that uh, supports the campaign and is, a, is a fighter in our mind. Um, right. You know, uh, we call those that, uh, we're nearly two million strong now. And, wow, that's uh, awesome. And, and so those are, those are the fighters. We do have, what you're referring to is our, um, our fighter club. Yeah. Which uh, individuals that, uh, you know, uh, donate uh, monthly, $10 or more a month. Uh, they they kind of get into this elite uh, exclusive fighter club where they can get you know that we send them a kit uh, uh, with with some gear some uh, exclusive gear and they have access to like exclusive merch that we don't sell on the store and they get like insider information and stuff like that so we have a, a really healthy and awesome fighter club but uh, everybody is, is what yeah. we call a fighter and and again that's not a fighting we that reference to fighter isn't so much like a, an against. Right, it's it's more like fighting for uh, these these things that we believe strongly in. Yeah, like real love, real connection. That yeah, and, and and fighting for those that are really struggling with with str- uh, compulsivity around the issue, and fighting for those that are victimized, right. the 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 victims of all of this. Uh, right. So, well, let me ask you, and this is gonna, you know, make you think a bit. But in doing this for ten years plus now, what has been your biggest surprise, kind of around? maybe the issue of pornography or that you're where you just kind of went, whoa you know this this is this is kind of you know blowing my mind right now a little bit Anything as far as the issue yeah. itself yeah. yeah there's so many moments of woe yeah, okay. uh, and, and they they you know after doing this for so long it kind of never uh, it seems like every corner we turn there's another woe yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. and and that can be a positive one. Like holy cow, yeah. these are, like yeah. <laughs> how inspiring, how how powerful mm-hmm. that the, the stories we hear of 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 uh, overcoming the stories we hear of kind of triumph or, or support and love and service and these things are around this issue and success are are powerful and wonderful. And then there are those woes. Yeah. that are, you know, bring you to your knees yeah. and uh, just kind of shock you. I was um, doing a, an assembly. Uh, so for those that don't know, we, uh, we have a variety of different ways that we uh, raise awareness at Fighting a Drug. Uh, but one of those areas is uh, one of those methods that we use is uh, to do assemblies in schools or in, in community groups. And uh, <coughs> because we take a secular approach to the issue we're able to get into public schools and uh, other kind of public forums and uh, so I was doing a a couple of schools in Texas and um, it was a mini tour so I was doing several schools uh, back to back uh, over several days and um, I I attended this school one morning and uh, after the presentation oftentimes the kids we have them come sign this fighter pledge it's this big banner and kids you know flood the stage and (laughs) to sign the pledge and we're taking pictures and it's really kind of fun afterwards it's it's a very positive story it's not again it's not a finger wag it's not a it's more of a peer-to-peer fun it's empowering it's empowering and it's motivating and it's fun and and, uh, we often we even use humor and uh, in appropriate ways, and so 
anyway, so after the presentation, people come up and chat and talk and sometimes they want to share their story and it's and that happens a lot and they tell, you know, this is something I've been struggling with for a long mm-hmm. time. Thank you so much. This has been great and and it's and uh, it's it's just a kind of a, a, a neat opportunity to connect one on one. and every once in a while you get these uh, individuals come up that uh, that have something much more serious to share. Yeah. And and this was not any different in this case. Uh, at this school in Texas, I uh, this girl came up and she says, can I share you my story? And I said, sure. Well, yeah. And she said, well, um, let's wait till everyone leaves. And I thought, okay. Yeah, um, right. So, so uh, you know, most everyone had, had, had left at least with an earshot. And she began to tell her story of... Uh, and I don't want to get too deep here or too dark here. Then I'll, I'll, uh, sure. I'll, I'll give you a, a muted version of her story where she just began to tell her, me that she, uh, she had been raped um, many, many times by her own family, her grandpa, starting at the age of five years old. And uh, he started with showing her pornography and getting her kind of... Uh, used to the idea of some of these acts and then started acting them out on her and mm. kind of normalizing some of those behaviors and conditioning her and uh, and then her father and her own brother and then friends of her father and oh, wow. uh, and uh, and then and that of course was a, a de- devastating moment and sure. we were able to kind of like point her in the direction that she could get more long-term help in, in her own community and I went to the very next school on the same day and I gave a, a presentation in that moment, and uh, and again, same kind of energy afterward. And the young girl comes up and says, "Can I tell you my story?" And I thought, "Sure." She said, "Can we wait till everyone leaves?" No, I kid you not. Kind of the same. And everyone left, and she told me almost the identical story of the previous girl, how, how she was uh, introduced to pornography by her uh, her father in this case, and uh, and then over time would uh, uh, act out. Now. Um, now these stories are, I can't think of anything more horrific, uh, than, yeah. than, than that. And, uh, and these were girls that were attending school and we've, we've seen, uh, these types of things more and more. So, so the social impact, uh, that we are, uh, that we are experiencing is far greater than we we are currently aware, due yeah. to the fact that uh, it is so hidden and secretive. This issue, uh, it is so it is something that we don't have a clear measurement around, and and I argue that the tidal wave of harm hasn't yet reached our shores, mm-hmm. um, as as you know, younger and younger individuals struggle with this at earlier and earlier ages, and how that warps their sexual and arousal template, and how it right. you know it leads them to need more and more frequently and more extreme versions, and over time as they age and become um, more uh, in in places of of influence and power, how that is shifting our entire generation. So, yeah. th- this is a, this is something that I am very passionate about, sure. uh, and uh, we are seeing positive shifts and changes around, and and it's led me to get involved in the healing side of things as well. So we've yeah. started an organization uh, called Impact Collective that. Uh, 
that uh, you know basically uh, creates as a software company that creates uh, uh, science-based recovery tools to help individuals overcome not only sexual compulsivity, but we're re releasing two more products, one around drug and alcohol and another around depression and anxiety. And all of those kind of fit inside of an ecosystem yeah. and uh, to, to assist and help individuals that are going through that um, uh, you know, with whatever other platforms or programs are involved right. in, it can kind of be a, a support uh, tool for them. Wow. So, so it's something that I'm That's very amazing. passionate around sure. kind of all edges of this issue. All edges, yeah. Because it does, it's, it really kind of spills over into everything. Yeah. Um, wow, that's incredible, Clay. And, uh, you know, the impact you're having. I, I would, you know, so you mentioned you're, you do assemblies. What other ways to, do you help kind of create this awareness out there? Um, so, you know, we have a strong online team of social media experts and bloggers and writers, okay. uh, filmmakers, uh, you know, designers. You know, because I came from the creative agency world, I kind of created a nonprofit that, that was almost a, a, a creative agency of sorts, but for, for right. one mission and cause. Okay. And so we are a, a team of creators and uh, and and creatives and uh, in multiple arenas and so we use whatever we can uh, through whatever right. platform or method to to make an impact and, yeah. uh, and our mission isn't necessarily you know we want to empower our fighters we want to create material and content so that they can take ownership in kind of spreading the word in their community okay. and in their area so we give them the tools and resources to do so yeah i love that beautiful um, so I was looking at your website this morning, uh, which is yeah. an awesome website, by the way. Thank it's fightthenewdrug.org uh, for you listeners out there. You need to go check it out. But on uh, there was a, there was a question on here, and it's something I deal with too, with people I w work with every day. Um, and it's the question you have right there at the upper left: uh, Is the problem porn or shame, or is it both? Shame. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. And what? You know, obviously they click on this and get some information about that. But uh, do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, shame. You know, one of the primary uh, goals of ours was to reduce the shame surrounding this this particular topic because shame uh, is adding fuel to an existing flame. Uh, right. You know, shame may, can really compound uh, the issue uh, that somebody might be dealing with around addiction. And around pornography, particularly, there's there seems to be a significant amount of shame that follows it. Right. Um, and some of that is cultural. Some of that is uh, self-inflicted. Uh, but the point is, people feel a great deal of it. Yeah. And there are individuals that would argue that that if if we would remove the shame, meaning if we would stop, quote unquote, shaming individuals that uh, around it, right. that that actually pornography isn't an issue. And, and and the reality is that shame is an issue, and pornography is an issue. Right. And when you put those together, it creates uh, oh, yeah. uh, an enormous you know kind of wildfire. And uh, you know th there, uh, Brene Brown, who is kind of the yeah. leading world expert on uh, around shame. Yeah. She she talks about the difference between healthy levels of of guilt, yeah. and the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is. Um, uh, you know, I have done something wrong, and, and mm -hmm. that needs to be, and, and I can fix that. Shame is I am something wrong, or yeah. I am bad, right? And so, uh, we, recognizing that difference, and, uh, and and so our efforts within fighting drug is to help alleviate and relieve that, and um, and by kind of bringing it to the surface and talking about it rather than kind of letting it percolate in the dark shadows of secrecy and. 
Um, and you know, when ten years ago or however long ago, when you used to watch uh, videos around individuals that struggled with sex addiction or uh, pornography addiction, it was always kind of the dark room, sh- uh, shadowed face, shadowed changed face. voice. Right. This is something that I dealt with, which. You know, I understand kind of protecting that for sure, and I don't, yeah. uh, I, I, I get why, but I also feel like it kind of like added to uh, this this narrative that I cannot be known. Yeah. And I cannot open up about this. Right. If I, uh, you know, struggle with alcohol, you know, I can I can be very public about it. And, and uh, I mean, if, if that's something that... Uh, um, that I'm dealing with, people kind of rally behind, like, how can I give you help? How can I yeah. be in your corner to help you overcome this? That, you know, there's interventions, but when it comes to this issue, we shun and we shame yeah. and we push aside and we kind of, sm- uh, um, you know, hide and, and smother. And so, um, so we wanted to kind of change all that. Okay. So the films that we create around stories of, of overcoming an, an addiction are all positively focused uh, and, and show the face and tell the story. And that has, uh, we, we hear individuals um, writing in, uh, you know, talking about how once they kind of got familiar with, uh, you know, our, our organization, it, it led them to be want to be more open about their own story and their struggle and, and how empowering that can be right. uh, by, you know, opening up and being vulnerable uh, yeah. can really give you an incredible boost of capacity yeah. and uh, so we see that so shame shame is a problem and and so yeah. is pornography yeah. and let's separate the two gotcha and I and let's that. address one and and get rid of the other i love that yeah you know guilt is good because it kind of a reminder of hey i did something wrong shouldn't do that again yeah, i've deviated from my moral yeah. code yeah yeah i'm you know off of who i say i am and then, you know, that shame where it's like, no, I'm a bad person. I did this. It's over. I'm done. I'm never going to recover kind of thing. And yeah. I deal with this every single day, too, as well with my clients. And uh, so we, um, but I love that you, you guys put in that research and you actually really spell that out. Yeah. Because uh, I think that's really what most people are dealing with is that shame. And when you, when you're locked into that shame, too. It just keeps you trapped in it. It's, it's a total cage. It's just, it's just a cage, yeah. man. Yeah. And so... So beautiful. And I love that, you, again, how your website, again, listeners, it's fightthenewdrug.org. So much information, so much uh, research. I love I love how it's all research, science-based facts, yeah. how you put it, right? Yeah. I love that. Very cool. Um, so, you know, as you're moving forward with your organization, is there some new things on the horizon that you could share with us that you're working on? Or is it just kind of... Hey, business as usual. Just we're just keep doing what we're doing. But is there other than you know some well, of those software things you're coming out with? Yeah, I, yeah. Of course, there's the you know we want to continue doing what we're doing. But there are a lot of really exciting things coming up, and I can mention a couple. One of right. which is the fact that you know we do over 230 uh, pr- presentations a year. Um, which uh, you know sounds like a lot, and and you know it is a lot. My wife would say that it's a lot <laughs> yeah, as I'm on the road. That is a lot, uh, but uh, it's also uh, just a drop in the bucket in comparison right. to the message and, and where it needs to go and and who needs to hear it. Even if you're just looking at adolescents and, and schools, and so we knew that that the model of live presentations 
um, wasn't going to scale the message uh, uh, fast enough. We're not. We're always going to do. I mean, we're training new presenters all the time. We have an our online certification program. We have presenters in, that are certified and trained in Guatemala, in Spain, Trinidad, uh, wow. and throughout the United States. And That's awesome. So, so you know, we've we're expanding our kind of our team of presenters. Nonetheless, again, uh, I don't know if we can scale. Uh, uh, we can't scale fast enough. Yeah. Um, or, or or scale to the degree that uh, is required. So, of course, you know, looking at other mediums uh, to, to scale that message was uh, something that we spent a lot of time on, and um, we we have been producing for the last three years, and we haven't released anything yet. So this is kind of new information, but we're we've been working on a three-part documentary series or an educational film series uh, with half-hour episodes, three episodes. Okay. One focused on the brain one focus on the heart and one focus on the world. So that's kind of the, the three pillars of our message, okay. the brain, the heart, the world. Okay. And so it talks about the, the research around it and the, and the solutions around it, and they're 30 minutes long, and they have an accompanying discussion guide so the in individuals can kind of implement it into their church group, into their health class, into their wherever they are, and, um, and kind of have a guided experience with that. Very we put a lot of resources into it, a lot of... Um, energy into the production and we're nearly completed with all three episodes nice. so uh we will actually be releasing them this november all three really <laughs> yeah well, so you we're heard it here first folks yeah that's awesome we're, we're very excited about that we have a no porn november campaign every every november and uh during okay. that campaign we'll be releasing this three-part documentary series that will be available for streaming online and um wow and so that'll that'll help kind of again empower yeah. The fighters all over to say, yeah. okay, I don't have to wait for you to come and, and teach. Uh, we can kind of implement this right here and now. And uh, again, we're con we're going to continue to do live presentations and, and all of our online efforts. And but uh, you know we have an app for individuals to get involved. So we'll continue to do all of that. But uh, this documentary series will be a powerful kind of catalyzer yeah. uh, in the in the message. Wow, it's a long long time coming. I know it. it we've had <laughs> everything you know, takes a everything while. takes twice as much money and twice as much time. <laughs> Always does. Yeah. But that's cool. That is really neat. I look yeah. forward to seeing that. That'll be amazing. And then, like I mentioned uh, uh, earlier, uh, we have a, a, I, I started a new company called Impact Collective, and uh, we have uh, the Recovery Suite, and that's what, that's something that we've put a lot of energy into as well. So, uh, and so you can find those brands at joinfortify.com, and we have two more coming very soon. Uh, Turn is for uh, which would be found at jointurn.com, which would be for chemical dependency or drug mm -hmm. and alcohol, and then right. joinlift.com, which would be for uh, depression and anxiety, all of which have accompanying apps in the app store. So, um, so those, that's something that we spend a lot of time on as well. Sure. Boy, that's going to be really cool. So excited. you got all this stuff going on. And again, like you said, you're just trying to get the message out to as many people as you possibly can, spreading the message. I love it. Um, and hopefully this uh, belief cast will help you in that direction too with the people that uh, listen in. Um, so, oh wow, there's just so much to talk about. I we could, I mean, I'll probably have you on again, honestly. Um, but let's let's just shift gears just a little bit. So you had this belief growing up that maybe you weren't smart enough, and you know, obviously you you fought through that, you pushed forward, and I mean, what you're doing now, it's pretty remarkable. What what's a belief you have now about yourself? that it's empowering uh, well i think uh, one belief that i have about myself that i find very empowering is something that isn't unique to me 
and um, I think that's actually part of the empowering piece to it. Uh, it. It really stems from this quote by Edward Everett Hale, and it's one of my favorite quotes of all time. Uh, he said, um, I am only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something, and I will not let what I cannot do interfere with what I can do. And so often when we're trying to do something, you know, anything really, uh, you know, that, that matters or that, that means something, something challenging, something daunting, oftentimes we just say, like, who am I? Yeah. You know, I don't have money. I don't have political influence. I don't have, you know, any of these things that, you know, I'm not a celebrity. I don't have, yeah. how am I supposed to accomplish or solve such a daunting challenge? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I love this quote because, Ed, you know, Edward yeah. Everett Hill, he's kind of saying, look, you are only one. That's true. But you are one. And you can't do everything, but you can do something. And don't let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. Dang, and, I love that. And that quote has really kind of, um, you know, inspired me to kind of say, whatever my capacity is, I'm gonna, you know, right. push it to the to the max. I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever I can to make a difference because, uh, because, you know, that's what it's all about. It's not about necessarily solving human trafficking or solving pornography. Right. It's about what can I do. And you will be surprised, and I, I believe everyone fits in this category. You are so much more powerful than you believe. Oh yeah. You are so much more capable than you think you are. And um, as we kind of adopt or embrace just a, even an ounce of that belief, yeah. uh, you will be amazed at what you're what you can achieve. I love that. Wow. And couldn't agree more. I mean, I got it on my wall. You're powerful beyond measure. Yeah. One of the principles that I teach my clients, truly. Um, wow. And that quote, man, that hit me right in the gut, dude. That yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I would love, I'm going to throw it out there on, on live here. Uh, you know, I'd love to have you come speak to our residents one day if I could squeeze you into those 230 presentations you're doing every year. But I'd love sure. to, to maybe we'll talk off the air off that. But uh, um, thank you for sharing that. That was really powerful. Um, we were talking a little bit off the air, too, um, of a challenge yes. that you could give our listeners. Uh, and so I'm going to turn the time over to you uh, to tell our listeners, kind of challenge them to, to do something that... Uh, will empower them maybe. Yeah, I, I think maybe it, it, uh, it kind of comes off of that quote kind of yeah. nicely to, uh, you know, I, I, am, I am one. And, uh, you know, I can't do everything, but I can do something. So oftentimes when we're trying to improve as individuals, right. we see everything that we're not, everything that we should or could or whatnot be. You know, we see this version of ourselves that we're like, oh, I'm so far away from that or... You know, I, I, you know, I wish I was, you know, in better shape. I wish I could kick this addiction. I wish my relationships, relationships were, were, you know, more idealistic than than what they mm -hmm. currently are. And we kind of, when we sit down, this is why, uh, oftentimes, uh, New Year's resolutions just kind of fall flat, flat <laughs> on their faces. That we kind yeah. of make this list of everything that we want to be or achieve, and we say, okay, now, now, and you yeah. know, I, you know, my old me is gone, and my new me is today. And then two weeks later, we're back to the old me, right? right. And uh, so we try to kind of tackle way too much. You know, it's, it's great to kind of have an outline of, of what we want to be and, and what we want to achieve. But here, here's something that I uh, have found in my own life, and I see this in the work that we do in healing, and I'm sure you see the same, is that, okay, so, so 
you know, look at everything you want to be, that Mount Everest in front of you and say, okay, rather than trying to look at the peak and focus on the peak, let's focus on that very next step. And this may sound cliche, but I, I'll tell you, there's a lot of power in this idea of saying, let's look at one thing to improve. Now, let me break this down into the work that we do with addiction recovery. Um, you know, oftentimes people come to, uh, to us looking to overcome, perhaps, again, in this context, pornography addiction. Right. And that can be a Mount Everest in front of them. They can look at that and say, ugh, yeah. it's, it's way too powerful. It's way too uh, daunting to think about like, everything that I would need to change right now in order to overcome that. And they focus too much on overcoming that. But the research shows that as they, but there's a lot of contributing factors to that challenge, right? There's right. a lot of underlining kind of influencers that are pushing them in that direction. Yeah. So as we look at those risk factors, as we call them, uh, you know, and we, we look at all of those, and some of them could be uh, eating healthy, some of them could be getting their you know, sleep, or, or some of them could be past challenges that they haven't dealt with. As we look at all of those issues, and we look at kind of where they fall in those, and maybe some of them, you know, they have 8 out of 12 uh, vulnerabilities in those categories. Right. As we focus on just maybe even one of those, not trying to change all of it, but one of those areas, and say, okay, we know that you want to influence your pornography addiction and, and overcome that, but let's look at your eating habits. Right. And let's just you know, look at one, ver one piece of that, that challenge and, and, uh, and try to uh, achieve that. And they're like, well, what does that have to do with, how, how is that going to help me over here? <laughs> right. But as they do so, uh, as they look at one category, one area, and for, kind of put the others on the shelf for a moment and just look at one, and as they kind of see that success, of with one area, so I'm going to not eat after 10 p.m. or I'm going to, you know, limit my refined sugars or <clears throat> I'm gonna <clears throat> whatever that might be uh, for them. As they look at the one area, it is amazing to see just how how that can create a kind of a catalyst for change in all other aspects of their life. Right, right. Um, I I, I had my own experience. I had where I decided I was going to give up uh, refined sugar for a week or so. I didn't even know how long, but I just wanted to <laughs> test it because I had never done yeah. any sort of, uh, I had done no sort of, sort of dieting in my life ever. And I thought, I'll just try it, see if I can do it. Kind of a willpower flex. Right. Um, and I did it for a week, and, and then I went two and three, and then over time I, I just kept on going. And I saw that as I kind of took control of that one aspect of my life, as I took control of one piece, one thing that I could control. Uh, maybe I couldn't control these other areas that just were... were Can't you know, do everything, but I can do something. Yeah, and maybe this addiction is too powerful to control right now, but I can control maybe making my bed, or I can control like uh, you know this uh, area. And as I do that, the capacity for me to kind of overcome other areas or, or control other areas of my life uh, compounded. And... Uh, so, uh, boiling this down, I would say that if uh, you know, one challenge for somebody is to take one simple, very attainable and controllable area of your life mm -hmm. and think of, of how to improve that one area, cleanliness, uh, eating, exercise, something of that nature. And as you kind of make a promise to yourself and keep it, say, I'm going to do this and then keep that promise your ability to make more promises and overcome more challenging areas uh, is exponential. Right. And so, I, you know, that's what I would recommend. I love that. Thank you. That is, that is awesome. Um, very, you know, it's interesting. I saw this study uh, 
you know, Navy SEAL training, the first thing they teach them is to make their bed properly. It's the first thing they do. Navy SEALs, right? Because they kind of say the same thing. If you can do this simple thing, you'll be able to do all these other harder things that's going to come your way. And so I love that. Just that simple little thing and, and, and hold yourself to it. Keep that promise. Yeah. And it just, you know, it leads to all these other things that you can move forward in. So I love that. Yeah. Very beautiful, Clay. Awesome. Um, so uh, if people want to reach out to you, how would they get a hold of you if that's okay? If they know someone who's struggling, obviously your website is beautiful and it's got a ton of information that someone could really, you know, get informed and educated. So, you know, how, if, if someone had if someone is struggling themselves with pornography or they know of someone and have a, a son or a daughter or whatever, how would they, what would be the best way to, would they reach out to you or is it best to go to your website? Yeah, I mean, they can definitely go to the website, get a lot of information and there are other websites out there that, that can help educate them on maybe how to address this uh, mm-hmm. um, and, and how to respond. Uh, they can reach out to to the organization at info at fightthenewdrug.org. They can reach out to me personally at clay at fightthenewdrug.org. And, uh, okay. and we, we always say this, and I want to make this clear. You know, our goal, uh, you know, people say, like, how can I help? How can I help? What can I do? And, um, you know, for us, it's it's about getting involved and, and changing the conversation and, and uh, being part of the solution. So whether that's... A, getting involved with us at Fight the New Drug or starting your own thing or, or uh, you know, joining some uh, other organization that's doing incredible work. You know, it, to us, it doesn't matter. To us, it's just kind of like, well, let's all unite to, to, to help solve this issue in our society and help people heal through love and support and, and encouragement. Um, and, and so... You know, it's it's less important that you join our campaign, and more important that you join the cause. Just get involved. Yeah, get yeah. involved in whatever gotcha. way. And we've seen people kind of get incredibly creative and do some amazing things, kind of on their own or right. or whatnot. So if you if if you want to, uh, you know, work with us and and have us come out and be get involved with us in some way, great. If if you want to do your other thing, we want to support you in whatever shape that takes. Cool. And uh, so we're excited uh, as as we see more and more people kind of uh, join the the movement and uh, yeah. in, in a lot of different uh, versions. And if you if this is something you're dealing with uh, yourself or somebody you know, uh, just know that there is real hope. That this is this is so. Uh, this is uh, the more we understand about addiction, as Tara would talk to you about, the more we understand that recovery is real. Mm-hmm. And that uh, change is is possible, yeah. and that uh, w- as we unite together as a society, and and you know rather than shame and push people down, but respond with love and support right. and encouragement, and kind of unite, we are we can overcome these challenges, and we see that all the time. Love that, awesome, Clay. Well, you know, listeners, as you can tell, Clay is very passionate about what he does. Um, it's the way he lives and conducts his life. Um, you're a great individual. I'm grateful that I know you. Um, I mean, I followed you for the last 10 years. We got to know each other way back then, and we've kind of stayed in touch throughout the years, but I'm grateful that we've been able to reconnect today even, and uh, truly my honor to have you on here, and I would love to to continue this uh, conversation down the road. And, uh, Absolutely. Uh, uh, I want to help your cause any way that I can as well, 
So I just want to thank you so thank much you. for being on this Belief Cast. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, again, Todd Sylvester inspires Belief Cast. Uh, check us out on iTunes and Podbean. I'll be posting this up later today. Share this with anyone and everyone you know, uh, especially those that might be struggling with this uh, um, uh, pornography issue. But more of what Clay said, it's more about teaching us to be more connected and to be more loving and to have that uh, to be our, our goal. So thank you for joining us.